Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to walk through verses 5 through 18 together, and I've entitled our message, Thy Kingdom Come. My name is Rob Wilton. If you've been here the last couple weeks, I've been on vacation trying to take a little bit of a break, although my vacations are a little bit different. Uh, I still find myself wanting to be a part of ministry and doing different things. And uh, my family and I, we went to uh, Dirty Myrtle Beach, and uh, I love Myrtle, I'm just kidding. Uh, But Myrtle Beach, we went to Myrtle Beach to hang with my in-laws, and uh, uh, for some that's exhausting. For me, it was actually very refreshing. And uh, so excited to grab one of my many relatives. Got to give a shout out to my nephew Bray over here. Uh, this is Annabeth's oldest sister's middle son or youngest son. And, uh, and so we love Bray having some family with us for a couple weeks uh, to make sure that my kids behave. He's way more responsible than my kids. And so we had a blast. And I'll tell you, as I went to Myrtle Beach to hang out with the family, not only did Red Rob happen, which it doesn't matter what I put on, Red Rob happens. When I get in the sun, I just turn red. It just happens automatically. Um, But there were some incredible moments, and the most incredible moments for me were sitting in my beach chair and watching my kids play. God spoke to me in that moment and just said, slow down, Rob, and enjoy. Slow down, Rob, and enjoy. Then we kind of changed from there, and, and on Sunday, I got to go to one of my favorite churches in all the world. It's called Awaken Church in Charleston. And uh, their pastor, Pastor Brandon Bowers, and I go way back, and um, he was my dad's college pastor when I was kind of in college and and being called to the city of New Orleans to plant a church in the city of New Orleans, and um, he would send mission trips as a college pastor to New Orleans, and as he came on mission trips to New Orleans to serve our new church plant, guess what God did? God called him to plant a church. And so we walked with him from day one, and it was a great honor for me because nine years ago, Awakened Church was planted, and I was part of that church when it was nothing but one little small group meeting for dinner. And this group of people were meeting for dinner, praying about planting a church. I spoke then. Then I got invited to speak three years later. I spoke then. Then I got invited to speak three years later. And believe it or not, this was like year nine for them. I got to speak three years later. And to see this church and the faithfulness of God, as I stood up to preach and encourage them, God spoke to me about enjoying him. And so then I hopped on a plane, and I went on this plane to Montana, of all places, and uh, had a blast in Montana. We had strategically planned this trip for quite some time. I've been a part of a group of pastors who've been meeting over the last year, and one of the things that we've been planning is Pittsburgh Praise at Heinz Field. We decided that it would be super important for us to get away together and for us to spend time with God to prepare our hearts to actually lead this event next Sunday. Um, By the way, we're not going to have church here. We're not canceling church. We're just having church downtown with the church of Pittsburgh, and it's going to be incredible. But as we went, um, they had some plans, and I was a little bothered by those plans. I was like, really? Come all the way over here. Look at that river. I need to be fishing, right? And so um, I found out that they were going to start their meetings in the morning at 8.30, and I was like, beautiful. I'll wake up at 4, and I'll get four hours on the river. And as I woke up at 4, and I got four hours on the river, God spoke to me about enjoying him. He began to speak to me about, hey, why, why are you worried, Rob? Why are you sweating, Rob? If I designed and created all this, I got you. I got you. Even the prayers that you and your fellow pastors are going to lift up for the city and all the things that burden us. The call upon our lives. We talked a lot about how no matter where you stand in regards to things politically, the opportunity that we have to love on all people 
to cherish all lives, to roll up our sleeves with different pregnancy centers throughout the city, to truly live the gospel, serve the city, and be the church. Yes, we're going to work hard, but God just kept saying, I got this. We're going to read a prayer. And as we read this prayer today, I've got a few thoughts, and y'all know I've got a few points, but I really want to challenge each and every one of you to minimally once a day pray this prayer. And then I hope you'll join me on Wednesday night, because on Wednesday night we'll actually have a time online. We'll do Facebook Live and Instagram Live. It's been great to have that. And uh, Ryan and Josiah led us through Psalm 34 this past week, and it was so great to, to have that time. And so uh, please join us on Wednesday night at 9 p.m. And we said 9 p.m. because we'd love for those of you with kids to maybe try and put them to bed my kids be tripping right now. They're staying up past 10, but we'll lock them in a closet so that I can do this. And, uh, and, and so let's spend some time, and it'll just be 20, 30 minutes, but we'll pray this prayer as well again. Here's a couple thoughts that I want to share with you. Because as me and these pastors retreated in um, Montana together, um, one of the pastor's dads um, who was a missionary in Singapore, spent time in jail, persecuted for Christ, church planning. He, he shared this. He, he shared that the Lord had spoken to him to tell us that a witness is one who sees and then speaks about what they see. And he challenged all of us as we go towards July 10th to pray at Heinz Field for God to move. He challenged us to pray this simple prayer, King Jesus, let me see. King Jesus, let me see. And that's why, as I was sharing with you, Psalm 34, taste and what? See that the Lord is good. Well, this prayer facilitates a movement of us individually, and yes, corporately as a church, but also citywide, King Jesus, let me see. Now, we're going to talk about prayer. Because I want you to know in being prepared to what you're about to experience at Heinz Field, we are coming to pray. It's called Pittsburgh Praise. In fact, I'll be one of the many uh, pastors facilitating on stage a time of prayer at that time. We've all been told this is not a time to preach. <laughs> this is the time to pray. So pray that pastors actually listen, uh, me included, in that. Uh, put me in a stadium like that, tell me I can't preach three points in a sermon, right? You crazy? But we're going to pray. And guys, the objective of prayer, listen to this. The objective of prayer is not for God to change. The objective of prayer is for us to change and align with God and his will. So that's why I've entitled this message, Thy Kingdom Come. We're not approaching God, the throne of grace, with boldness to say, God, would you wake up to our agenda in Pittsburgh? Would you get a clue? Don't you understand the sin in this city? Don't you understand the pain in this city? Would you hurry up? I want you to know, God doesn't need to change. For he is great. He is worthy of all worship and praise. So that's our objective. Now another thing I love, don't you all love reading prayers in Scripture? Just love reading prayers in Scripture. This is not the, I, I think it's kind of, I know you all going to be like, Rob's a heretic. I don't think this is the Lord's Prayer. I think the Lord's Prayer is John 17, where Jesus prays to the Father. This is the church's prayer. <laughs> this, this shouldn't be called, but this is what we're known as the Lord's Prayer. So I get it. Um, but don't you just love reading? Listen, if I can just encourage some of you, some of you would honestly tell me right now, Rob, I don't pray enough, and I'm not praying. I, I want you to know, at the core, you want to get a rhythm of prayer in your life, you know what you do? You read the Bible, and you pray. You read the Bible, and you pray. Sometimes you read and pray the Bible. Go and spend some time in the Psalms. That's what we did Wednesday night. Psalm 34 just guided our prayers. 
Rob, I don't know what to pray. I'm going to give you a great thing to pray. Pray this. Pray this. And so read the Bible and pray. Notice as we go into this text, if you've already turned there in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, You'll see this phrase, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. I'd love to do a series one day in the Sermon on the Mount, just those three chapters. It'll take me 17 years, but we'll do it. It says, and when you pray. Notice Jesus doesn't say, and if you pray. There's an expectation from Jesus for us to pray. And so, and when you pray, when I preached on the armor of God, I talked about prayer. And I talked about, and it's all throughout this simple prayer, a focus on an enjoyment of God when we pray. Relationship, conversation, praise. Man, he loves you. He longs for you to talk to him, for him to talk to you. Number two, a need of God is why we pray. And we're going to talk about that. That's confession, dependence, intercession for yourself. But how about the mission of God is why we pray? An intercession for others, commission. As one pastor calls prayer, it's a wartime walkie-talkie with God. Let's look at this text. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says this, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Can I tell you the beginning of this is why I'm bringing this up. I have been behind the scenes, and do you know what the number one thing that we have been praying for as leaders of the church in Pittsburgh is that as we stand up to pray at Heinz Field, we would not be like the hypocrites. That our heart would not be for our moment on a stage in a stadium, but that our moment would be for God. But it speaks to some of the essence of where the true power is. I know, because I've preached long enough, <laughs> that the true power of a pulpit is a prayer closet. It's not this moment. But there have been enough times where I've preached, and honestly, I've walked off stage, as I've shared with you before, thinking that I might be the next Billy Graham. And then my wife tell me that that was the most awful sermon she's ever heard in entire life. And then sometimes I've walked off this stage feeling like, I think I just preached the most awful sermon in my entire life. I think I just fired myself, and yet my wife's on the front Row saying, oh gosh, that's the most powerful, beautiful sermon. You might be the next Billy Graham. <laughs> Preaching's not about me. Your Christ life's not about you. Prayer is asking God to do for us what, he, what we cannot do for ourselves. All right, we got to go. That they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I'm going to go through something real quick to just lay out the importance of a kingdom place here in just a moment. Now verse 7, we're going to find a kingdom prayer. When you pray, do not heap up empty, empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words do not be like them so some of y'all might be coming in saying oh i don't know the fancy theology words rob to say in my prayer that would trigger the heart of god i don't know how to talk to god god wants your availability not your ability he wants your heart that's what he's after so in verse 8 do not be like them if your father knows what you need before you ask him. <laughs> Isn't that great? Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so this kingdom prayer, after we learn about a kingdom place, there's a kingdom prayer. And then thirdly, as we close today, I want to talk about a kingdom pursuit. And that's found right here in verse 16. It says, and when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. All right, so let's talk about, first of all, kingdom place. I'm going to go through these points super quick because the focus of my message this morning is a kingdom prayer, and I want to lock in on that. But I think it's really significant, this setting that Jesus sets up as he goes to talk about prayer. He's not telling people to not pray in public, ever. He's getting to, honestly... The children that he loves and the reality that we all face. Um, how many of you guys fully know what's going on inside my heart right now? Does anybody? My wife's probably the closest. And she still will tell you she has no clue what's going on sometimes, especially in my mind. We are limited. Can we all agree to that? So the, the, the fact of the matter is, I can't fully, as I look through this room right now, I can't fully assess how it's going on in your life. Right? We could all be doing just the church thing here. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you, sister. We've done our little church thing here. and All the way to church, we're cussing each other out. We could be here singing praises to our God, but as we're singing praises to our God, you don't even recognize the presence of God in your life right now. And so you're singing something that you truly in your heart don't even believe anymore. But how many want to testify that God sees all things? You see, as Jesus is laying this foundation of a kingdom place, what he's talking about here is not necessarily the importance of not praying public and, and all these different things. All he's saying is the kingdom place, if you want to know where the power is, it's with me. The true kingdom place is with me, who's the king of kings. So your aim, guys, I'm, I'm human. Every week I come up and I struggle with a performance. Are they going to like me? Did I zip up my pants? Do I look fat in that? When I said that truth, they're gone. Why did nobody laugh at me? That's all the time in my mind. Because I'm human. And I all the time have to preach to myself that I'm not justified as much as I love you and I'm called to serve you by you. I'm here for who? Jesus. And so what the root of this is, is Jesus saying, look, this is not about religion. This is about relationship. And so what I want you to do is I want you to remove all the different pressures that you might be facing in the area of religion. And I want you to just come to me. I want you to lock in on me. There's a number of things that happen at the kingdom place. It's a place to purify Jesus, 
knows it all. Oh, how am I going to dress when I go into my closet to pray? No, Jesus is with you naked. Like, he sees everything. Sir, the stuff you're hiding from your wife right now, he sees everything. So I'm coming into the presence of Jesus. I'm reminding myself, he sees everything. This is a moment of vulnerability and purification. Now, anyone thankful that he is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us, to love us, to convict us? Oh, man, I need that purification. How about to focus? We had this talk up on, Mount, on the Mount, like I was in so many areas where there was no cell reception whatsoever. And I tried to ignore email the past two weeks and failed miserably. But when you're at a place where there's just no service, it's glorious. It's glorious. I, I think we need to focus. Too many distractions in this world. If I can just say this, social media, you were not created for this much information. to protect man and we know satan is like a roaring lion and so we need this prayer closet this moment with jesus because what does ephesians 6 tell us that we can be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might and because of the lord we can stand against the schemes of the devil so we got to lock in with jesus how about this to welcome i don't know about y'all but huge holy spirit fan this guy Nothing without him. So as I'm praying, I'm inviting and welcoming the Holy Spirit to anoint me, to speak to me, to uplift me. How about to experience? I don't be so obsessed for Jesus that I forget about him, right? There's nothing worse than, I'll be honest, me handing my kids gifts, them taking them and going playing. Give your daddy a hug at least. But we're doing that to Jesus all the time. We pray, 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 pray. He gives, we snatch, and we go. Just be with Jesus. He loves you. The giver of the gift is greater than that gift. And then how about to worship? When you spend time with Jesus, there's only one reaction, truly, and that is worship. All right, let's go into a kingdom prayer. Here we go. A kingdom prayer. Most preachers, and I love this, most preachers will preach that there's kind of three petitions that are locked in on our relationship with God, thinking about who God is, and then there are three petitions that we go to God because of how great he is, we understand how not so great we are, how he is worthy, how we're not worthy, how he has all things, how we have very little things, and he invites us after going to him with these first three petitions to then petition for ourselves and for the church. Anyone thankful for a God that allows us to ask him for things? I am. I'm so thankful for King Jesus. He doesn't just leave me in lack. No, he actually invites me to approach him and ask. That's what we're doing together this next Sunday. And so let's break these down. First of all, there's a prayer to the Father. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As I go to the Lord, I love how this kicks off. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed, or Christ be magnified, that type of focus is where we're kicking this prayer off. When I teach people to pray, I talk about this. First of all, praise, then confession, then intercession, then commission. Why do I say praise first? Because God is worthy of all worship and praise. He's not worthy of all worship and praise just because you got that promotion at job or you're having a good day or he's answered all your prayers. No, he's worthy of worship and praise. And so force yourself to roll out of bed and praise the Lord. And then what automatically happens after you praise the Lord? You realize how great he is and how not so great you are. So you confess. 
Because we all fall short of the glory of God. This praise. So maybe this week as we jump into this, and I'm going to do this with you on Wednesday night. We're going to go right out the gate into Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. He is our heavenly father. And notice as it says there, our father in heaven. A lot of people, especially in our city, will use this prayer. And I'm going to say something that a lot of people would probably have a problem with in this city. We're not generically praying to God. We are praying to our Father. And the only way for you to pray to our Father is through Jesus Christ. Who through his death, burial, and resurrection has enabled us to become adopted as children of God. So I don't care if you prayed this before every game all your way through high school. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, he's not your heavenly father. Will you give your life to Jesus right now? Man, he loves you so much. He ain't about religion. He's about relationship. He came, he lived, he died, he defeated sin, death, and hell so that you might have life. and So that you might be able to say, our Father who is in heaven. In just a few moments, I'm going to invite you to take a next step. But this heavenly father here, what do we pray? Three things, write these down. We first pray locking in on the glory of God. Number two, the dominion of God. Number three, the sovereignty of God. When we consider the glory of God, we're talking about hallowed be your name, the majesty. Spend some moments in the Psalms that just speak about how God great our God is. Spend some moments in praise. Man, as I was walking, there was about like a 30-minute walk from the house we were at to the river. I put on some old school. Some of you are like, this ain't old school, but it is old school somewhat. Shane and Shane, their album Psalms. <laughs> just loved it, man. And God was just speaking to me as I'm walking and scared to death. A bear could eat me at any moment. I was just praising the Lord and, and fighting my way all the way down to the river. There's just something powerful about praise, isn't there? Lock in as you pray, hallowed be your name. How about the dominion of God? This is the kingdom, your kingdom come. God, we need your power. And so Hear me on this, and I've been learning a lot about this as I went to England to spend time with the Church of England about a month ago, and as I was with pastors from multiple denominations. Can I just say this? I love you, Vintage Church. I'm so thankful for the Church of Jesus Christ, but can I share this with you? The church is not the aim. We're about to go through the book of Acts again this fall. Can I tell you that all the churches that Paul planted are dead today. I can take you and show you rubble. Do you know what's not dead today? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Our prayer should never be Vintage Church, that everyone knows about Vintage Church. Our prayer is your kingdom come, Jesus. I pray that we're a movement that tells people about Jesus. Lord, your kingdom come. How about your will be done? This is the sovereignty of God. Not throughout any moment in history has there ever been a moment where God is panicked, including today. But Pastor Rob, has Jesus seen our gas prices? Jesus ain't panicking. He's in 100% full control. And most of what is out of whack with the world is our 
lack of surrender to his will. And so, God, as we go before you, we consider the glory of God, the dominion of God, and the sovereignty of God. The kingdom of God is alive today through the power of the Spirit through his church. And so that is why we pray things like Psalm 145, 1 through 3. I will exalt you my God and my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Here's Jesus teaching us how to pray. Who's ready to pray that this week? All right, how about prayer for the church? I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you need help. I mean, I don't need help. You need help. Can we all just raise our hand right now? Anybody willing to be humble enough and say, Pastor Rob, I agree. I need help. Anybody? All right. Good, because I had another sermon lined up in case you're in denial. But let's talk about a prayer for the church, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We also forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil. And then it talks about forgiveness. So let's consider, first of all, a prayer for our provision. These are prayers for our needs. And, and it's okay. These are prayers for our physical needs. Now, just a quick thought. God desires <laughs> to provide for our needs, not our greeds. Oh, Lord. Hadn't worked in 60 days, but sure would love a latte from Starbucks. Oh, Lord, thank you for my car. How about a Tesla? Like, y'all understand the difference. So as we approach God and we ask for our provision, notice it's our daily bread. Our daily bread. This missionary that poured into us started to just talk about the missionaries around the world, specifically that are serving Jesus right now in Southeast Asia. And their prayers, I'll be honest, is not for successful careers or for more material possessions in their house or honestly, their prayers aren't even fully just for their safety. Their prayers, some of these who are prisoners in Southeast Asia for the gospel, or Lord Jesus, would you just give us daily bread because I'd like to live one more day to lift high your name. But it's okay. I'm not sharing that with you to not tell you to pray for a job, to not pray for this, to pray for that. I'm just telling you to pray and have the perspective of that prayer of God, would you give me everything that I need and then connect it to those first prayers for your glory, your kingdom, and your will. Y'all with me? And I think if you align with that, what I believe in regards to God's supplying of your needs is that if your heart is aligned with God's glory, God's kingdom, God's will, God will unleash generosity in your life and provision for you to be generous for that mission. But if your heart and your end is yourself, I just don't see God blessing that. Secondly, we see here our restoration. So this is not just Presenting our physical needs before the Lord, it's also presenting our past spiritual needs. The forgiveness of our sins and the forgiveness of the sins of others. Everyone needs forgiveness and is a fan of forgiveness until they have to ask for forgiveness. So what we find here is we all need to repent, amen? 1 John 1, 7 through 10, if we walk in the light, he's in the light, we have fellowship 
with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, that's me, Rob, I've never sinned. We deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So there's this need for personal forgiveness, asking the Lord. And that can once again only be found in Jesus Christ, who paid it all for our sins. But then there's also a forgiving of one another. And I'm not going to read it right now, but go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Look at how we need to take steps towards not just receiving forgiveness from the Lord, but forgiving one another as well. And I'm just telling you, you're never going to experience freedom in your life if you're harboring a whole bunch of hatred and unforgiving pain. Take steps. That's why I think it's important in the house to see one another, to force each other to have hard conversations and to allow Christ to bring victory. The third thing that we pray for is our deliverance. Our deliverance, that we would be free from temptation. So there is this present reality, asking God for provision. There's this past reality, asking God for forgiveness of our sins. But now there is a future reality of this prayer, asking for God to protect us all the days of our lives. And we know this because we talk about this. Listen to me, church. If you're not going through some form of resistance from the enemy right now, he's dubbed you a water boy for the kingdom of God. He's literally said, I'm going to let that person just be because they're no threat to King Jesus. They're, sorry, they're no threat to Satan, not to King Jesus. It's one of those sermon moments. Like, they're not coming and uh, trying to attack evil. They're just soaking in it. And so get ready, church, and because if you truly are stepping out, I'm going to be one who's passionate about God's glory, God's kingdom, God's will. Watch out. And so this is a prayer, Lord Jesus, please, yes, temptation could be the lust of the flesh, and easily we could talk about some of those things. I'm just talking about a disobedience to the will of God. That's the temptation. The evil one, after God telling you to go there, the evil one wants you to go here. In all stages of your life. And so we go in advance and we ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, would you set us free from the temptation? And would you deliver us from the evil one? Don't forget Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. All right, let's land this plane. Most preachers preach three petitions, three petitions. Well, I did some reading and some listening. And he's one of my favorite guys out there because he just preaches angry. And I like preaching angry every now and then. There's a guy named Piper. And I don't like everything Piper does, I'll be honest. But his different approach to preaching the Lord's Supper, I really resonated with. He likes preaching this, not three petitions and three petitions. He preaches one guarantee or promise, five petitions. And the guarantee that he says is kind of the X factor to this entire prayer. And if you know anything about John Piper, this is his anthem. God's glory. He believes that the entry into this prayer, the hallowed be your name, is the way in which God unleashes his provision, is the way in which we get to flee from temptation, is the way in which your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why, look on the screen, we pray 
prayers like this. 1 Chronicles 29, 11 through 13. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Help me, King Jesus, to look at the one who created the wind and the waves instead of looking at the one at the wind and the waves. Help me to see how hallowed be your name. Listen, everybody look at me. We are spending too much time looking at the problems of the world right now. And not enough time looking at Jesus. Yours is the greatness. Yours is the glory. That's where revival is going to unleash. That's the heart of this prayer. Jesus telling everybody, remove yourself from the stages of this world and go into a prayer closet and tap into me. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. O Lord, you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. In your hand it is so It is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. A kingdom prayer. I want to close with a challenge as we talk about a kingdom pursuit. And then we're going to pray. And we're going to go and hopefully not kill anybody with fireworks. This kingdom pursuit, when I started to pray and study and script this, number one, I had to use a third P word because I like alliterating everything. So kingdom place, a kingdom prayer, a kingdom pursuit. But the reason why I said pursuit, and I'm not going to reread it, but it talks about fasting. It talks about fasting. And here's my four points. I'm not going to break them down because I've run out of time. Repentance is why we fast. Dependence is why we fast. Discipline is why we fast. Sacrifice is why we fast. I would just say this. So the Lord's challenged me, as hard as it is, with July 4th tomorrow. And I'm not asking for you to completely abstain from everything Fasting for you could be just maybe leave social media for a week. Maybe just instead of having lunch this week, you go to a closet to pray this week. Whatever it is. I've shared that there's a kingdom pursuit here because when we trace back throughout all of time, God has moved when people pray. And guys, the the kind of prayer (laughs) that God has moved in has not just been a prayer before every meal you eat kind of prayer. It's been a pursuit prayer. And so I don't, I don't want to script this for you. But all I want to ask you is this. Because I've asked myself, as I've had two weeks to prepare for this, Lord, what is it that you've called me to? And because I don't want to be like the hypocrites, I'm not even going to tell you. Because it doesn't matter. But God has called me to, instead of pursuing some other things this week, say no to that and instead replace it with a pursuit of him. And I truly believe that if we would humble ourselves and pray. What is humbling yourself? Fasting. Denying yourself of things. Saying no to some things so you can say yes to God. That as that promise declares, Jesus is going to heal our city and revival could be possible I'm seeing some ingredients right now in this city 
as I pastored in New Orleans for years, can I tell you? There was a brief moment after Hurricane Katrina, brief moment where pastors actually were united. Through tragedy, we didn't really care about our buildings anymore, our campaigns or our things because everybody just needed to help everybody. But can I tell you, because I kicked off my ministry serving a lot of those churches and then that turned into me planning a church about three years after Hurricane Katrina, once the buildings started to open again, so did the divisions. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what should we pray for as we close out this service? I I want, because I know that this is one of the ingredients that, that we just have to ask for the Lord to protect. The unity right now that I experienced in Montana with a group of pastors of all different shapes and sizes, ACAC, Northway pastor was there, Hill City. There's so many different churches, different expressions, Amplify Church. Guys, we we were confessing burdens, confessing sins, and then we... We just couldn't focus on anything else. It was like, that's what matters now. I believe that what the Lord has called for us to intercede for is that the church would remain united around, and this is why I've entitled this message, Thy Kingdom Come. Which means what? If... In five months from now, revival hits Pittsburgh. Are you willing to pursue, to go after Jesus, to sacrifice, to work hard, to do all these different things, even if that means nobody ever hears about us? I believe that you do. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to close. Do you know when you go into Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus describes after the Lord's Prayer the importance of asking, seeking, and knocking. He doesn't do it in Matthew, but he does it in Luke. Asking is like the initial, Lord, would you, starting this Sunday at Heinz Field, would you answer our prayers, thy kingdom come? That's asking. Knocking is, I'm not just going to ask on Sunday. Knocking is, I'm going to fast all week, and I'm going to knock all week as I fast begging for you. There's perseverance in this. This is not just an initial ask. No, I'm now knocking. God, would you please bring thy kingdom come on Sunday? But asking, knocking, seeking is guess what? When Sunday happens, I do believe we're going to experience an outpouring of God's spirit in our city. But I believe God wants to do so much more beyond Sunday. And the seeking is going to be the sending of us out into all of our churches to continue to pray and to ask and to seek and to knock for thy kingdom come. So take just a few moments. And then I want to pray this, the Lord's Prayer, one more time.
And so, King Jesus, we long for this moment right now to be a kingdom place, a kingdom prayer, and a kingdom pursuit. So, Lord, as we pray now and all week, and as we unite at Heinz Field to pray with the on earth as it is in heaven, kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, we pray this. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and forever. Amen.